And now, back to David Spada and Elliot Harris for more sports and torts on TalkZone.com. Next up, we have a pretty good football player back in the day, the only player from a losing team to be the Super Bowl MVP, Dallas Cowboys linebacker Chuck Howley. I see that you grew up in West Virginia. You went to West Virginia for college. Was that your only choice? Was that your only choice of colleges, or did you have some other ones who wanted you? Lee Park, can you just come back again on that? Yeah, did other colleges recruit you besides West Virginia? Uh, no, I didn't. I uh, went to the university, and I was very happy there. Among the many sports in which you excelled, one of them was gymnastics. How did you get started in that? Uh, well, you know, kids, they, they, they travel around a little bit, and that's what I was doing. I was, I was playing around with a bunch of people at the Y, and, uh, it, it turned into be a, you know, a little bit of shows here and shows there. Okay, we had a bunch of guys that did a lot of, uh, gymnastics and did little shows here and there, uh, for all like, uh, I don't know uh, what you call it, uh, type of uh, weekend uh, schools and stuff like that. We just did that for fun, is what we did. And that's how I got into the gymnastic portion of it. I see you played basketball also. Did you play any basketball in West Virginia? No, I didn't play in basketball. That's one I didn't have time for. Because your teammate would have been what Jerry Wester? He was he was after me. I was before him, and and, and I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even attempt to be a, close to Jerry West. <laughs> you you also were on the swimming team and were an outstanding diver. Huh. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't know how outstanding, but yes, I was on the swing team. You could float. Well, that's where the gymnastic portion of it came in. Uh, you know, but, um, and that's why I was in the diving portion of it. I did a lot of diving in one and two, three meter boards. But, uh, it wasn't anything spectacular, but it was something that I enjoyed doing. And I had to go to school if I, I didn't if I didn't go to practice. <laughs> yeah, when did you have time to study? Well, <laughs> that's what they were wondering sometimes. <laughs> I, I was very fortunate, though, very fortunate. When the 1958 NFL draft came, we aware that you were going to be drafted as high as you were? No, I was quite surprised about that whole deal, and uh, made me feel uh, really good. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, I never thought I'd be drafted number one, but uh, that's what it was with the Bears, and uh, I was happy with them, and uh, I. I just, I was just very happy with it. Okay. You were joining a good linebacker crew. You had Joe Fortunato and Bill George there. Yes, uh, that they were a very a strong group and a very uh, educational type deal because I was a rookie and I got educated real quick. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm sure. 
they look at this guy from West Virginia and they say, he's, he's coming here to take our jobs. Yeah, you know, we had small linebackers in those days. So, you know, today the linebackers are 240 and 250, and I was a little medi- mediocre 220 you know, and 215 at that time. What was Coach Harris like? Uh, he loved to win, <laughs> and he didn't play. <laughs> No, he was a he was a great person. Uh, he did he did well, but he 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 was in the he he just wanted you know a strong effort from his players. That's what it was. So you played the fifty eight season. Then in training camp in fifty nine, you injured your knee, and you That's thought correct. and you thought That's well that 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 was a brief career. Uh, it was a brief career, and I, I accomplished what I wanted to do. When I, I guess, when I got drafted, uh, I just wanted to feel that okay, I was able to be, you know, get into the pros, and that was enough. So I thought, well, I just hang it up now. Well. It, between the Bears and the Cowboys, that's where it all ended up, and it, it led to another 13-year career because the Cowboys was very much interested. So you go from a Bears team, which was known for their defense, to an expand or a new team in the Dallas Cowboys. But something the Bears and Cowboys had in common was defensive linemen. I mean, you had Doug Atkins with the Bears you were behind, and you had now Bob Lilly with the Cowboys. Yep, uh, it was great. Uh, we, I've had some great teammates over the years, you know, with people like Bob Lilly, uh, and Bob is still a great, not only a gentleman, but <laughs> he just was a great ball player. Now, you, 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 you played in the West Virginia alumni game in the spring of 61. I believe had, so. Had you, I believe I, so. I, I assume your knee was in good enough shape that, and you felt confident well, enough. I, that was kind of a testing ground to see if I wanted to go back to pro ball or not. And I, I didn't wear a brace or anything. Uh, I just went out and played. And, and maybe that's what you need to do sometimes. Both of my knees have held up well, uh, even though I've had them both operated on. I haven't had a reoccurrence of injury on either one of my knees. What was the difference between Tom Landry as a coach and George Hallis? Oh, I would say that they were quite different. Uh, <laughs> Hallis uh, uh, could really chew you out in a, in a manner, and Tom, you just knew all he had to do was look at you, and you wanted to go crawl in a hole somewhere. He didn't have to chew you out. You, you just knew that uh, he was not satisfied. Were, were there times when you knew that Landry was going to look at you, that you just you, you just wanted to cover your eye or look away? Yeah, Tom was uh, – he, he was – well, I spent more years with Tom uh, Tom Landry than I, I did with George Hallis. And I had assistant coaches with, uh, with the Bears uh, because I was defense. And Tom, you know, he, he coached both ways. So we got uh, – you know – we get the head coach all the time. Was there a lot of pressure on the Cowboys because you guys were known as America's team? No, I don't think we really 
paid that much attention. The front office man paid a lot of attention to it, and it made us pretty proud. But it also put a lot of pressure on us all the time because uh, there was, you know, you never had that perfect team. And it was quite a few years before we were able to achieve not a perfect team, but a team that could win. Before they were America's team, though, they were America's whipping boy. You came to a team, an expansion franchise that had an 0-11-1 record. When you got traded, was there a party that says, I I wish I could have stayed in Chicago rather than going to this team that, that just starting off? No, I don't quite remember. You know, it's been quite a few years ago. And I don't quite remember exactly how that all transpired, but I I do know they gave up quite a few uh, draft choices for it. Uh, You're always interested to figure out how valuable, you know, you were to that particular team and what did they give in order to get you. And... So I was concerned that, uh, you know, in that respect, and, well, I was just trying to find out, you know, in a sense, uh, what it was, you know, pretty much all about, really. On the offense, you had Don Meredith as your quarterback towards, for the beginning of the Cowboys tenure, then you went to Roger Staubach. It seems like those two were polar opposites in personality. Well, <laughs> you're right there. <laughs> yeah. Now, Roger's a great quarterback, and Don Merrick was a great quarterback also, but, you know, in different ways. Uh, Don liked to be loose uh, and play around a little bit. Uh, Roger gets pretty serious most of the time. Uh, he, he doesn't goof off, you might say. Everybody remembers... Well, th- those of us who were around re- remember Super Bowl five, and uh, you were the MVP, even though the Cowboys lost. That's correct. And, yeah, that, that ball was always there, and I actually thought we won the game. <laughs> when, you know, when the game was over, I uh, I just thought, you know, we we won the game, and, I, and then I looked up and score, and you know, we lost. <laughs> But anyway, it was a game that went back and forth throughout the, uh, you know, the game itself. And I, I was, you know, it's difficult to win a game and lose the game. I mean, lose the game. Well, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> well, you, you intercepted uh, two passes you know, it, and recovered a fumble. Come off a losing yeah. team uh, in, a, in a game like that is what, what I'm trying to say, I guess. Who is the leader of those Cowboys teams you're on? Me, pardon? Who is the leader of the team? Oh, I guess Leroy Jordan was to a great extent. Uh, he was... He was one. I mean, Bob Lilly was. We had quite a few different leaders uh, on the team. Uh, it, it was just that way. Uh, we had a lot of camaraderie among our players, and we were all happy with each other, and we all tried to do our best, uh, you know, in order to win a football game. Did Coach Landry have a favorite player on the team? If it was, I don't know who it was. 
No, he he wanted to win too, in the worst way. Now, after your performance in Super Bowl Five, the Cowboys made it back to Super Bowl Six. This time, you won. You had a a fumble recovery and uh, an interception, and Staubach gets the MVP. Mm-hmm. You can't you, you can't fight the quarterback. No, it, it, it's <laughs> those guys will win it like nine times out of ten, if not more. But uh, yeah. was there something about the Super Bowl that brought out the best in you? No, it was just a big game, and I kind of can motivate myself, and I've always been that way. As I look for the big games, uh, and I really try hard. It's not that I don't give 100% in the other games, but uh, that's hard to say, you know, because statistic-wise and everything that transpired in that second Super Bowl uh, is, you know, who should have got the MVP? I'm not so sure. But I'm very happy for Roger. He played a great game also. But we won the game, and that, yeah. uh, I guess that makes a difference. What is it with these Cowboy guys? After they retire, they go into business, they become even more successful. Roger Staubach, I saw, was the most successful businessman, former uh, NFL player, and you and Leroy Jordan. It seems like everything you guys touch turns to gold. That's right. We had, we had a lot of uh, good ball players at that time, but we weren't a big team. We, we just we were good at what we did, and we would we had been together for a long time, so uh, we was able to accomplish quite a bit at that time. And even off the field with your businesses, you guys were all successful. Yes. Well, we think so. I think. <laughs> I wonder sometimes business is going that good. <laughs> you also played in the NFL championship game in 1966 in Green Bay, uh, known as the Ice Bowl. Have you thought out from that yet? Uh, just barely. Uh, <laughs> just barely. It, it, it was a tremendous new experience uh, to play in a game that cold and, and it, uh, uh, you know, it, it it was it was like I said, it was an experience. How did you feel when you found out that uh, you were going to be part of the Ring of Honor? No, I didn't, and uh, I was quite honored to have you know that uh, award, or you know, I really was. Well, you were the the fourth uh, player. Whose name went up on the wall? The Texas Stadium Ring of Honor. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, there, there is Bob Lilly, Don Meredith, and, you know, and from Don a local Perkins. standpoint and everything. I think it, it it's very rewarding to know that the fans in Dallas. Uh, I don't I don't know how those things are awarded. Uh, to tell you the truth, but anytime you get an award such as that, you you got to be. Uh, really happy about the whole thing. How did you know when it was time to retire? My body told me to. <laughs> and my wife definitely told me to. Well, so, sometimes you know, we don't I, listen to, I, our, to our body. Yeah, but we better listen years, to our wife. Beg your pardon? I say sometimes we don't listen to our body, but if we're halfway smart, we do listen to our wives. 
Yeah, but, you know, I, I found out through experience now because I'm 77 years old and, uh, my body is telling me that every day. And so there's a lot that transpires back when you're playing and you think you can play forever, uh, to what it is today. Uh, cause I got, I've had two knee injuries. I've had, I don't know how many concussions, uh, uh you know, the concussion deal today, uh, I don't know. Uh, I've got a, a partial dementia, you might say. I don't think I do, but people tell me I do. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think you're going to make the Pro Football Hall of Fame one day? Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's quite an honor, and how that works, uh, your guess is as good as mine. I, I know what I, the way I think, but I don't care to quote on it. <laughs> How did you get involved with breeding quarter horses? I just love ranching, and I always have, and I've had my place for about 25 years, I guess. I had that back when I was playing, and I still have it today, and it's bigger than ever, and it's... I got a good crew up there right now. They're doing a wonderful job, and uh, I love ranching. Uh, the only thing I don't like is I can't ride anymore. Uh, that bothers me. Who's but got Who's doctor, got better? Doctors who, told me do not get on a horse. <laughs> who's got better quarter horses? You, Terry Bradshaw, or um, Mel Blunt? Oh, I don't. I don't try to do a comparison deal like that <laughs> at all. It, it's tough. Horses are funny animals. Uh, they are, and I and I never I never got into the big money circle either. And uh, I did what I thought was right, and I'm, I'm very happy with what I've got. I got a hundred. Go ahead. I was gonna say you're a little large to be a jockey, aren't you? Uh, just a little bit. I just <laughs> love the Fletcher ride, and that's what I did up until the time I fell off my stud horse and I had a pair of tennis shoes on and it was crazy. I should not have had it on. I wasn't planning on riding that particular day, but I did. And I tried to get off my horse, my foot caught in the stirrup and that, that wasn't good. <laughs> and fortunately, you know, being on a stud horse, he didn't blow up. He was a good horse. So I was able to get my foot out and uh, carry on. Who was the toughest running back to tackle? Oh, hell. I can remember back, you know, people like Jim Taylor was uh, just a regular old bull, bulldog. And, uh, you know. Uh, what about Jim Brown? Jim Brown was strong. He's uh, totally different than Jim Taylor. Jim Taylor just like run over. Uh, Jim Brown would try to finish you a little bit. And that's just the way it was. And he wasn't quite the power runner that Taylor was. And so you, when you tackled Jim Taylor, you knew you tackled somebody because he was going <laughs> to run over you if he could. An interesting interview with Chuck Howley. After this brief break, we'll be back with Aeneas Williams, former Arizona Cardinals and St. Louis Rams defensive back and safety. You're listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com. 